Welcome to this week's podcast from Faith Worship Center in Brighton, Michigan. We hope you enjoy this encouraging message. For more information on our church family, visit faithworshipcenter.org. It is such an honor to stand behind this pulpit in front of all of you, always. Thank you, Pastor Asher. I appreciate that. I love you, brother. I love all of you. Glory to God. It is so great to be in the house of the Lord. Oh, I'm excited. I'm excited for what the Lord has for us this morning. To tell you is both captivating and relatable to all of us to some degree. And with Testimony Night coming up in a a week and a half, you know, the Lord is always as always, is right on time. Praise the Lord. Um, If I could get everybody to open up your Bibles to Mark 5, 1 through 20, please. Thank you. Glory to God. Ah, man. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. We give you the glory and the honor, Father. Mm. Mm. It says, then they came to the other side of the sea, to the country of the Gadarenes. And when he had come out of the boat, immediately there met him out of the tombs, a man with an unclean spirit who had his dwelling among the tombs. And no one could bind him, not even with chains, because he had often been bound with shackles. And chains, and the chains had been pulled apart by him, and the shackles broken in pieces. Neither could anyone tame him. And always, night and day, he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying out and cutting himself with stones. When he saw Jesus from afar, he ran and worshiped him, and he cried out with a loud voice and said, What have I to do with you, Jesus? Son of the Most High God, I implore you by God that you do not torment me. For he said to him, come out of the man, unclean spirit. Then he asked him, what is your name? And he answered saying, my name is Legion, for we are many. Also he begged him earnestly that he would not send them out of the country. Now a large herd of swine was feeding there near the mountains. So all the demons begged him, saying, Send us to the swine that we may enter them. And at once Jesus gave them permission. Then the unclean spirits went out and entered the swine. There were about 2,000. And the herd ran violently down the steep place into the sea and drowned in the sea. So those who fed the swine... They told it in the city and in the country, and they went out to see what it was that had happened. Then they came to Jesus and saw the one who had been demon-possessed and had the legion sitting and clothed and in his right mind. Mm, Praise the Lord. And they were afraid, and those who saw it told them how it happened to him, who had been demon-possessed, and about the swine. Then they began to plead with him to depart from the region. And when he got in the boat, he who had been demon-possessed begged him that he might be with him. 
However, Jesus did not permit him, but said to him, go home to your friends and tell them what great things the Lord has done for you and how he has had compassion on you. And he departed and began to proclaim in Decapolis all that Jesus had done for him and all marveled. I'm going to be preaching a message entitled this morning, Share Your Story. If we could all bow our heads, ask the Lord for his blessing. Heavenly Father, we come to you in the mighty name of Jesus, Lord God. We thank you, Lord, for your presence of your Holy Spirit in this building, Heavenly Father. I just ask, Lord God, that you would send me your fire, that your Holy Spirit would anoint me, Lord God. I need your anointing, Father. I cannot do this on my own. This is not me. I must decrease and you must increase, Lord God. Let your Holy Spirit let your Holy Spirit come. I ask that you would give us hearts of flesh, Lord God. That you would give our hearts a, a fresh soil, Lord God. That we, that we would be able to be ministered to this morning, Lord. We thank you, Lord. I ask for that, you, that this message, Lord, that you have laid on my heart. That it would encourage us, Lord. That you would give us courage, Lord, to stand up for your name. Proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ and him crucified to the world, Lord. We thank you, Jesus, for what you are doing. We thank you for what you've done and what you're going to do, Lord. We ask all of this in the mighty name of Jesus. We all pray amen and amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. When I, when I read this story in the Bible, I, I, I immediately relate it to my own. You know, some of you may feel the same way, but I'm going to go ahead and guess that probably most of you look at the state of the demoniac of Gadarenes was in, and you find, yourself, you find yourself saying that, although I didn't have Christ, I was never that bad off, you know, or, or I've never been down, down that low where I was cutting myself. Now, see, the truth is, is whether you were cutting yourself or not, whether you were crying yourself to sleep in despair or not, whether you were giving into the besetting sin that binds you or not, one thing that we all have in common with this man is the fact that we are all in need of a Savior. And without Jesus Christ, we would all inevitably be meeting up in the same place And when we leave this earth. And I'm not talking about heaven. I'm talking about the pits of hell. Our position used to be the same as the demoniac of the Gadarenes, even though our condition may not, has been, may not have been as bad. You know, without Jesus, there is no hope. Without Jesus, there is no redemption. Without Jesus, there is no deliverance. Without Jesus, there is no saving grace. Without Jesus, there is no life. There is only death. You know, I'm not going to exhort these scriptures and go, and go into them deeply, even though I would like to, because there's honestly, there is a lot to say in this passage. But instead, I'm going to focus more on the point of this message and let the story complement what the Lord wants me to convey to you this morning. You know, 
And whether you like to admit it or not, just like this man, you too were in shackles once, bound by your sin. You too, I'm sure, broke free a couple times, just like this man, but only to find yourself either back where you started or most likely far worse off than where you began. You know, put yourself in the scripture here and where it says, no one could tame him. Then it says in verse 5, and always, night and day, he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying out and cutting himself with stones. Always, night and day, crying out in torment and absolute agony. Crying out, cutting himself with stones. This is, this is the state of the world that we're living in right now, and it breaks my heart to say, but it's so prevalent, especially in our youth being teenagers and young adults. I remember vividly, I've been there. I've been there many times. Actually, during my teenage years, this is, this is going to be graphic, but I, I feel like someone needs to hear this this morning from, from me, from Greg. Greg, who's always laughing and smiling, who's always in a good mood, who tries to reach out to everyone to give you a hug, to make sure you feel welcomed here at Faith Worship Center. Greg wasn't always like this. And in fact, before Jesus, I was a very dark person. You know, so dark that I literally hated any kind of lights to be on or sunlight to be in my room. This made me want to move into my parents' basement when I was a teenager, and this is where I spiraled downhill, placing myself in an environment that was always dark, listening to dark music from hardcore rap to heavy rock to metal that had lyrics influencing self-harm. It, it all had me questioning my my own existence, and what was the point of living? I began falling further and further right into Satan's trap. I would start to feel sad or depressed, and it was like I was possessed, which I could have very well been demonized. I would get out a paper clip. I would grab a lighter, and I would hold it above the flame until it was hot. I would take a deep breath, and then I would press it up against my skin. I remember exhaling and hearing my skin crackling as the paper clip went deeper and deeper into my arm, and I, I didn't understand it, and a lot of you won't understand what I'm about to say, but it felt good at the time. It was a relief because it hurt, and the hurt that I felt from that would temporarily make the hurt on the inside go away. Other times, I would take a butter knife and I would saw at my arm, the same spot, back and forth, back and forth. Eventually, it would start to bleed and then I would stop. And I remember a friend asking me, asking me why I used a butter knife. And that was an easy question. It's because my response was, I'm not trying to kill myself. I just want to feel the pain. There's thousands upon thousands out in the world who are in the same place right now. This is why you need to take this message serious. They need to know that there is hope for them. There is hope for them. 
That there's an answer and his name is Jesus Christ. But if they don't hear it from someone like you, then they may never accept the answer and find the solution. Understand they may never get up enough courage to step into a church. But that's why we are the church. We all have a story to share And you might not think that yours is all that powerful, but it might be just the story that they need to hear. You know, maybe there's someone over the live stream right now who is experiencing this in their life. Or maybe someone that you know, maybe a family member or a friend. Can I tell you that there is power in the name of Jesus? There is power in the blood of Christ. There is healing for you. There is deliverance for you. There is a bondage-freeing, chain-breaking Savior. And his name is Jesus Christ. And he came here 2,000 years ago, lived a perfect, sinless life, and laid his life down. Shedding his precious blood on the cross of Calvary for you, for your children, for your brother, your sister, your mother, your father. He came to set the captives free. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Yes, glory to God. Woo. Yes, you may think. You're in too deep or too far gone, but that's why we have this story. See, not to be funny, but are you naked running around, crying out in caves, amongst the tombs, demonized by 6,000 demons, covered in your own blood from cutting yourself? I highly doubt that anybody under the sound of my voice is just is this bad. I want to tell you something that I put my mother through. It plays over and over in my head. During these years of my life as a teenager, I would, I would do as many drugs and drink as much alcohol as I could get into my body. Quite often, the people who I was with would, would have to hide the rest so I didn't overdose or get alcohol poisoning. It became a real problem when I started selling ecstasy. You know, because I was buying in bulk and I, I was getting it for practically nothing. So when I tell you that I should be dead or I should be brain dead, I'm not kidding or exaggerating. The fact that I am even able to stand here today and speak to you all without stuttering consistently or unable to formulate a sentence is an absolute miracle, and it's only by the grace of God. Praise the Lord. Yes, give him glory. Thank you, Jesus. Glory, Father. Mm. You know, there's people that overdosed on one or or two of these pills, and this is going to sound crazy because it is. And I know it's hard to believe, but I want to be completely honest and transparent with all of you and to say that I was at times doing 10 to 15 of these pills a day. 
staying up for four to five days straight without sleeping. And this, to be honest, was on top of other drugs. You know, after these binges, I would sleep for 24 hours straight. Something I'll never forget. I'll never forget this. One night, I was, I was 18 years old. I was high on ecstasy pills, cocaine, marijuana, drunk on liquor, and my friends decided that I was too messed up, and they, had, they dropped me back off at my house. I stumbled through the door, and I barely made it to the living room. I plopped down on the couch. It was as far as I could go, and I remember the room spinning, not being able to see straight. My mother came and sat down next to me on the couch. I've asked her about this, and she said that my skin was extremely pale. I was white as a ghost. I was barely breathing, and my eyes looked lifeless. I was so gone that I couldn't even hold my head up. She very calmly said, Gregory, I rolled my head over and looked at her without saying anything. She looked right into my eyes with anguish in her eyes, with tears forming. She said, don't you want to live? Now, I don't know why the Lord has preserved this memory in, in my mind all the way down to how I felt, but he did. And maybe it's for this moment. I answered and said, I don't care if I die. I said this so nonchalantly that with, it was without a care in the world because I didn't. I didn't care. I was so far gone. I wasn't afraid of dying. I actually welcomed it and taunted death. I, I laughed in the face of death, replaying this in my head. And now that I am a parent and have children, I can't imagine how hard my mother cried after hearing her only son say something like that to her face. She's watching her son fade further and further and further away. I was literally killing myself and dying before her eyes. I didn't just get high to feel good, but my goal was to become numb. I was escaping reality. I was escaping my emotions. I was avoiding any kind of feelings because I was scared to feel anything. At this point in my life, pain became normalized. See, just like the demoniac here in the caves crying out and yelling for help, this was me crying out and yelling for help. The only difference is, is it wasn't through words, but it, it was my actions that were my cries for help. The only thing that stopped me from continuing to test my limits like this and walking this thin line between life and death was the birth of my firstborn, Cariana. Many of you heard her testify at the Elevate bonfire that she was my lifesaver. 
And I just want to tell you that that is so true. I am in, I, I also, I, I want to say, Kariana, that I am incredibly proud of you. You shared your story. She heard from the Lord and she obeyed. That is the core of this message. You know, I'll never forget holding her in my arms because something just clicked. I, I knew that at that very moment, I officially had a purpose. Sadly, this didn't stop me from doing drugs and drinking alcohol. It just made me become a functioning drug addict, alcoholic. You know, although I had a purpose, I was still in shackles and chains. As much as she was a blessing in my life, it wasn't enough to break the strongholds within me. I didn't have my come to Jesus moment until I was 30. You know, this is where the next few verses of this story really hit home for me because I, Gregory Garris Jr., I am the man who was once known as the demoniac of Gadarenes. I am he. <laughs> In my sin, bound by my addiction, Filled with hate in my heart, broken on the inside, and cold on the out. Just like this man in the story, how, how he ran to Jesus, so did I. I ran to him, I dropped to my knees, and I worshipped him. Oh, I pleaded with him, begging him that if he was real, that he would show up for me. He didn't turn away. He didn't say that I was too dirty. He didn't say that I had too much sin in my life or that I had sinned too much. He didn't say that my heart wasn't pure enough for him. He didn't even tell me to stay on my knees. In fact, he reached out his hand, rolled up his sleeve, and lifted me up from the pit. Thank you, Jesus. He said, rise up, for I'm doing a new thing in your life. Just like the man in this story who was once the demoniac of Gadarenes is now sitting clothed. And in his right mind, so was I. There was an obvious change in me, and I didn't know how to explain it. All I knew is that I wanted to be a better son for my parents. I, I wanted to be a better father for my children. I wanted to stop drinking. I wanted to stop smoking. And I had Jesus to thank for all of this. I remember feeling love for everyone for the very first time, even those who hated me. And I didn't understand that, but I didn't care. 
I didn't care. I, the, the change that had happened in me made me feel more alive than I had ever felt in my life. Oh. This brings me to the main point of today's message. You know, there's a reason why I shared all of that with you to be completely transparent so that you could get a glimpse into my life and to where I used to be compared to where I am today. This is where the glory of God shines. This is where the redeeming power of the blood of Jesus Christ is shown. This is why this is so important. You know, after the Gadarene man was delivered from, from his demons, it says in the text that Jesus got into the boat to leave. And when the man saw Jesus leaving, he begged Jesus to let him come with him. But it says that Jesus wouldn't let him come along. But why? Why not? Verse 19 says, go home to your friends and tell them what great things the Lord has done for you and how he has had compassion on you. You know, one of the most powerful ways that you can witness to someone is by telling them your story and what God has done for you. You know, you don't have to quote scripture. You, you, you don't have to tell you. You have to tell them a, a story out of the Bible. <laughs> Just tell them your story. Amen. Tell them how Jesus has shown compassion on you. You don't need to be a theologian or have some great knowledge of scripture. You know, think about this. Skeptics love to criticize the Bible. And deny its validity. But what about if you read from your book? What are they going to say? What are, what are they going to say? Let's, let's go to the book of Marty. The book of Jessica. The book of Cariana. The book of Asher. The book of Linda. What are they going to say? You know, this is your story and no one can tell you differently. No one can say, you didn't experience that. No one can say that. They can deny the true stories in the Bible that are the truth all they want because their heart is hardened. But there's something about sharing your own story that moves someone. There's something that happens when you share your own personal struggles with someone. You know, when you open up and become transparent. Making yourself vulnerable to that person. There's all of a sudden a, a level of trust that person now has for you. You know, walls start to come down. Their heart starts to become mush and, and like fresh soil. The seeds that come out of your mouth begin to be planted in and, 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 and through you talking. And then it might not happen right then, but later on down the road, whether it is a couple days or a week or a month or maybe even years, those seeds start to cultivate and they start to grow and they start to sprout. This strikes a chord in their hearts. You know, when I just told you my testimony, it, 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 it hit it hit deep. 
See, you know that this is me pouring my heart and soul into what I'm saying. Trying to help you understand where I was and why I love Jesus Christ so much. This is where the anointing, this is where the fire, this is where the passion comes from. This is where all this comes from. It comes when I was broken, when I had nothing, I couldn't depend on anyone. All I had was God. I, I, I looked in the mirror and I didn't even recognize who I was. I couldn't even tell you who I was. Something that spoke to me when Kariana, when she shared her, her testimony, she said, if you asked me who I was, I couldn't even tell you. But see, that's before Jesus. After Jesus, God starts to show you exactly who you are. That's when you learn, this is, this, is, this is it. This is why I'm here. This is what I'm here for. God starts revealing things to you, giving you revelations day in and day out through his word. When you pray, when you worship him, when you put your faith in Jesus Christ and what he did for you. You understand that it's that blood that washes and cleanses you and makes you a new creation. You know, let me tell you, the darker and the dirtier your testimony, the better. Because it shows the transforming power of God. It shows his glory. You know, don't be afraid to go into detail about where you used to be or how far gone you were. Because it's those testimonies that speak to people's hearts and stirs them up for the Lord. You know, when someone who I grew up with sees me now, their jaw drops every single time. They, they can't believe their eyes. They're like, what? Who, who are you? Because that's not Greg I remember. They see a healthier Greg. They see a Greg who cares about others. <laughs> they see a Greg who is smiling and happy and cheerful and has a joy in his heart. You know, probably the biggest shocker for everyone is that they see a sober Greg. You know, I'll be honest, from the age of 12 till about 30, I was never sober. Never. I always had marijuana, I always had alcohol, and then other harder drugs, always had them, always. Um, you know, it's, it's very powerful for my children because Kariana especially, because she remembers those times. And in comparison, that's why I was just telling my son yesterday you have a story, and you can say, I saw what God did in my dad's life because I remember how he used to be. I remember him not waking up till 4 o'clock in the evening. I remember trying to wake him up, and he wouldn't wake up, and I was scared that he was dead. We, they, they have these memories, and this is something that it, it, it see, this 
is God. This is Jesus. It's can only, this is a God thing. Only Jesus can do this. Only the blood of Christ can do this, can transform somebody like this. This is not me. This is him. You know, I want to I take a moment to show you a couple of, of examples of running into people and reconnecting with people. And, you know, I, I want to bring up, I want to bring up our, our, our brother Brad. When I met him, I was in my lowest, but I was headed. I, I wasn't at my lowest, but I, 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 I was headed that way. And we met on a job and, and became really close friends. During the next couple of years, I experienced one of the lowest times in my life. Me and my kid's mom, we had separated and and I went from being a full-time daddy to now struggling to figure out who I was. You know, I had a serious, serious identity crisis. With so much free time on my hands, I started nosediving deeper and deeper into alcoholism and drug addiction. I was very unstable at this time and suicidal. The thought of being without my children made me made me not want to exist. Brad, he stuck around and stayed true to our friendship. No matter how bad of a friend I was, he was there with me through it all. And Brad has seen the dark, depressed, angry Greg that you are all hearing about today. You know, now fast forward many years, many years, me and Brad lost contact, but through social media and, and, recon and we reconnected this past year, I'll never forget him calling me one afternoon for the very first time in a long time. And after talking for a few minutes, he quickly asked me a question that has changed his life for eternity. He asked, how does one get close to God? <laughs> if that's not a loaded question, I don't know what is. Because, boy, are you ready? <laughs> We're going to be here for a while. Let me grab my Bible. You know, within minutes, Brad was weeping and ready to give his life to Jesus Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You know, Brad immediately had a burden for the lost. And I remember like he started weeping for his family and his friends, expressing how he wants all of them to know Jesus. I mean, this was almost instantaneously. It was incredible. Ever since then, he has brought numerous people to the Lord and is on fire for God today. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Father. Yes, give him the glory. Thank you, Jesus. Now I'm going to tell you all a little bit about how me and our brother Matt met each other and reconnected. Way back in the summer of 2006, Kariana was um, about four, five, six months old. Me and my parents, had, had, we got evicted from our house, and we moved into a cheap motel, and there was two buildings, and we stayed in the one that was in the very back. I saw a lot of bad things happen there. 
And to be honest, it was a really shady place to live. It was summertime, and everyone who lived there would all get together, throw money down on food and, and alcohol and drugs. I, I remember me and Matt started talking, and we realized that we knew some of the same people from the neighborhood. We, we were familiar with the areas that we grew up in. Um, we immediately clicked and, and found out that we had a lot of the same interests. We would spend most of our evenings getting high, drunk, drinking beer, playing video games, listening to music. Now, where our rooms were, it was on the back side of this motel. There wasn't much light outside. Because of this, we nicknamed where we lived the dark side. I'm telling you, God was in it all the way, all the way back then. You know, <laughs> he ends up moving out. I move out as well. Years and years go by. Actually, 17 to be exact. 17 years. I excluded myself from social media for all of this time until the past, this past year, and we ended up reconnecting through Facebook. We didn't talk at first, but it was me being so open on social media about God and how he's been moving in my life that, that really perked Max, Matt's curiosity. He hit me with a similar loaded question as Brad asked. He said, can I ask what has gotten you so close to God I think it's great, man, and I'm glad you're doing so well. Praise the Lord. From then on, it was, it was here and there, and we would send messages back and forth. And See, this was enough for me to plant some seeds and share with him what Jesus has done for me in my life. You know, over the course of the next few months, I, I was praying for Matt almost every single day. And he, he started messaging me, saying, are you praying for me? Are you praying for me? Because if you are, I can tell. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. You know, things were happening in his life. And God started opening door after door after door. And one of the many prayers for him was asking the Lord, please make a way for him to be able to make it to Faith Worship Center so that him and his children could experience the move of God and the power of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Praise the Lord. You know, he had been living out of his truck Mm. And he messaged me one day saying, God is good. I got a place. Praise the Lord. Now here's the kicker. Here's the kicker. When I asked him where at, where'd you move to? He tells me, I quickly realized he moved two blocks from my house. What? For real, Lord? That's amazing. I can't even, what? That's incredible. Glory to God. 
you know, he lives so close that even if he didn't have a ride, I could just pick him up <laughs> and meet me outside. I'll be there in a couple of minutes, be there in 120 seconds. <laughs> Glory to God. And, and it's really incredible because now this man is sitting here in our congregation Not only him, but with his kids. With his kids. Glory to God. Jesus is the answer, y'all. Mm. Amen. You know, I want to share these stories with you to show you the importance of being a walking billboard for Jesus and to not be afraid of sharing your testimony. Sometimes we get so caught up of how the other person might look at us or how they might judge us. Think of it this way. If you hold back and don't tell the whole story, What's really getting held back is the glory of God shining on your life and the enormous amount of compassion God has shown you. Instead of putting on display the power of God in your life, it gets cut short. You shouldn't be thinking about saving face because it's not your face that you're trying to shine the light on. It's Jesus you want others to see when they look at you. It's Jesus you want others to think about when you come to mind. See, I'm not, I'm not afraid of what you're going to think about me after I tell you that I've, I experimented with every, every street drug by the age of 17. Give me a list, and I'll check them off. And am I proud of that? Of course not. But, but, if God can take a washed-up, homeless, jobless, 30-year-old with his teeth rotten out of his head from continued drug use, addicted to drugs, addicted to painkillers, cigarettes, alcohol, marijuana, completely flip his life around and use his story to show the glory of God and the power that's in the blood of Christ. Yes, glory to God. Then I'm going to let him. I'm going to let him in. I'm not holding back. I'm telling everything. Glory to God. Satan, you can't use my past against me because God, he's using it for good. He's using it for his glory. Praise the Lord. If this is his will, then let it be done in my life. I refuse to let my pride, my shame, my guilt stand in the way of letting the glory of God shine in and through my life, impacting everyone around me. Mm. Jesus delivered me from all of that. I don't have shame or guilt. I'm not proud of my past, but if you ask, I'll tell you about it. And then I'll tell you what Jesus has done in my life. I can confidently say 
that if I hadn't been so outspoken about my faith and willing to share my stories with others, if I hadn't been obedient to the Lord, then there's a very strong possibility that neither Brad or Matt would be a part of our congregation. You know, just like the demoniac, I don't know if, if we realize this, but not, not too much further in the scriptures is the feeding of the 5,000 or 10 or 15,000 from all the cities around. Where do you think those people came from? Where do you think they came from? They came from the good news of Jesus Christ. What he did, what he did in this man's life, what he did in this person's life. He came from everybody sharing their story. That's why it's so important. Share your story. Stop being afraid. Stop being afraid of the dirt that you've already traveled through, but instead let others see how deep the mud was. In comparison to the concrete you stand on today, which is the firm foundation, the rock, Jesus Christ. Glory to God. You know, sure, I, I, I believe, I believe in my heart that if I didn't allow the Lord to use me in this capacity, then he would have used someone else. He would have used someone else to get to Matt or Brad, but don't you want God to use you? You know, when I stand before the throne of God, I, I want to hear him say, well done, my good and faithful servant. Don't you want to hear that? I don't want him to be like, well, you made it. Come on in. I want him to be like, yeah, woo! And then all the people that you, that you proclaimed your story and you proclaimed the gospel of Jesus Christ, it'd be like, yeah, I'm here. Uh, hey, hey, everybody. I mean, come on. The glory of God. This, it's not about here, folks. It's not about now. It's not about this. This all goes away. But that's eternal. That's eternity. That's what's important. And when you make that important, this becomes important. Then you realize life isn't a game. Life is not a game. We shouldn't be playing it like it is. Your past failures don't make you who you are, and your past mistakes don't make you who you are. You know, I'm going to show you every single skeleton that I got in my closet because that's all they are. That's all they are. They're all dead and buried. And now you are looking at a new creation in Christ. You know, when you look in the mirror, you're looking at a new you. We all know 2 Corinthians 5.17, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. All things. Another, another translation, it says, This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person, and the old life is gone. A new life has begun. 
Before you came to Christ, you were under the law of sin and death. Mm. But Jesus, Jesus, mm. Jesus, Romans, Romans 8, 2, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of the sin and death. The past is dead to you. And it can't hurt you because that's not you anymore. One of, if not my favorite scripture. A lot of y'all already know because I probably say it every time I'm up here. Because <laughs> it means so it means so much to me. Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me and the life which I now live in the flesh. I live by the faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Romans 6, 6 through 8, our old man was crucified with him that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin. For he who has died has been freed from sin. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. How about this? I'm not dying to my past. But I'm dying for my future. Amen. Hallelujah. You are a new creation. Use that old man or that, that, that old woman which is dead to say, look what the Lord has done. Look what the Lord has done and tell him the same thing he's done for me, he can do for you. He can do for you. God is no respecter of persons. You know, I listen to a podcast that reads the Bible, and, and then they give an opportunity for listeners to call in and either share an encouraging message or ask for prayer. This was the, uh, there was a brother that called in, and he tried encouraging others, but it, what he said grieved me. He said that within the times we are living in, it makes it hard to witness to unbelievers. This I can understand to a degree. But he went on to say, it's better not to mention the name of Jesus because he is the underdog. What? I, I, was, I was so confused. Can I say that right now? That Jesus Christ is not the underdog. He is the creator of the universe. How can the one that created dogs be an underdog? This doesn't even make sense. I can't even, I, I, I can't understand that. Oh, for, you know, we need to know who God is. Amen. And we need to always remember who we are. In Christ. If I could get the singers and musicians to come back up, please. I want to remind you. You are the salt of the earth. 
You are an overcomer. You are the victor. You are a champion. You are a child of God Almighty, the Lord Most High. The King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the Alpha, the Omega. You are blood-bought. You are washed. You are cleansed. You are blameless. You are righteous. You are holy. You are a demon slayer, a spiritual sniper, a soldier for the kingdom. When you walk into a room, demons tremble at the very sight of you. You are a warrior for Christ and the kingdom of heaven. You walk in the authority of Jesus Christ. You walk in his power. You are strong in his might. Don't ever forget who you are. Be the light that shines in a dark place. So the next time that you have an opportunity, I want to encourage you to not share parts of your testimony, but instead share your whole story. Show the glory of God and compassion that he has shown you. That's why this building fund is so important. That's why our newly founded youth group, Elevate Youth, is so important. That's why evangelizing is so important. And guess what? That's why every single one of you, every single one of you and your stories are incredibly important. Your story, your testimony through your eyes and your point of view, your perspective, your story has potential to reach someone that mine can't. Your story can prepare someone's heart to receive a revelation of Jesus Christ better than mine. Your attitude should always be Romans. 116 for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes now I'm going to end it off with this scripture Revelation 12 10 through 11 then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come for the accuser of our brethren who accused them before our God day and night has been cast down. And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. And they did not love their lives to the death. Brothers and sisters, this is an opportunity. It's an opportunity to be used by the Lord. We're all vessels. Let him use you. Let him use you. Let him shine his glory through you onto other people. So I end in saying this, share your story. Hallelujah.